If no one sheds light on what is being done in the darkness, it will never stop. One in three girls and one in six boys are sexually abused and told to hush. Breaking the silence is the first step to healing. Healing is a lifelong journey. Find your voice. Your story matters. Pain put me into hiding. Purpose called me out. May the silence be broken. Thanks for listening to the One Voice Podcast. It's a safe place for conversation on relevant topics with real life stories to encourage and inspire you along life's journey of healing from sexual abuse. I'm Mary O'Brien with Nicole Braddock Bromley. So today's podcast, I'm super excited because my counselor is with us, Sharon. (laughs) After I got back from my first trip to Cambodia, I, I had a lot of PTSD issues going on and I knew I needed to go and start dealing with some of my stuff again. I'd, I'd taken quite a few years off. I'd been speaking and I'd been writing, but I, I didn't have anyone that I could go into just the safe box of a room and just unload a lot of my things to. And so it was amazing how God brought Sharon into my life and she was just the perfect fit. I felt like she was hand delivered to me by the Lord <laughs> and um, just walked with me through a lot of issues and even memories that I'd never really fully addressed. And she helped me to get to a new place, I think, in my life to be able to be joyful again and to feel whole and happy and um, to be able to accomplish the good works that God put me on this earth to do. And so I don't think I could be where I am today if it hadn't been for the couple of years that I (laughs) walked through (laughs) life with you, Sharon. So um, I'm really excited to share her with you all today um, through my podcast. And so welcome, Sharon. Thank you. It's wonderful to be here. Well, I know one thing that you actually talk to other people about and you've spoken on stages about is, is this issue of joy. And I think joy is something that's very hard as a survivor of abuse to really grasp onto. You know, so many of us just walk through life wearing a mask and and we try to be joyful, but we don't even really know what that feels like because we have a lot of pain that we're carrying. And so, I mean, what to you, what is joy? What What is the foundation of joy and how do we even get there? Well, first of all, it's just awesome to be here. And I just want to let the listeners know that besides being a therapist myself, I went through childhood sexual abuse myself too. So I am a survivor And for most of my life, I will have to admit, I was not joyful. Mm. While I was growing up, um, I went through some trauma with my own family of origin and then some trauma during my teen years. Mm. But I always looked at other people who seemed to have joy. And I looked at them and I thought, it's like I didn't get the manual. I never Mm. understood how all these people could be so happy all the time. And I equated happiness with joy, and they are different. So I Mm. want to discuss that today and just really give hope to those survivors out there that you can be joyful. Mm. You can be. And maybe you have had joy in your life at some time, and it's gone now, and you don't know how to get it back. Or maybe you have never had joy. And you look at these people who are happy around you and you just feel so different from them. I want to speak to that person too, because that's how I was. Mm. But joy itself, many people think of joy as an emotion, but it really isn't. It's more a state of being. It is something that 
The Bible talks about it being a fruit of the Spirit, but it's not necessarily happiness. I think it comes from several other kinds of states like trust and hope and peace. All of those together combine to make joy Mm. when we're able to trust ourselves and trust others and maybe trust God, when we're able to have a hope for a future, and when we have a sense of peace. And as we know, most survivors don't have any of those things. Right. So they don't trust themselves. They don't trust others. They don't have a hope for a future that's different. And they don't have a sense of peace in their lives. So joy is kind of a combination of all of that. Just I would call it a state of being. Someone by the name of Michael Zigarelli, I think is how you pronounce this last name. He Mm -hmm. did an intense study on people who had joy. And what he noticed was... They typically had four characteristics, and the first one was a sense of being forgiven. The second one was being able to readily forgive others. The third one was a sense of purpose, and the fourth one was spirit of gratitude. They were able to be grateful for many, many things. So I think the blocks to joy kind of come from those four things. Mm -hmm. Well, that makes sense to me. I mean, even just the first one, the sense of being forgiven, I mean, the most joyful people I know are followers of Jesus. So, I mean, those are the ones who have accepted what Christ has done for us and the fact that he's forgiven us for everything that we've done and everything we ever will do. So their joy probably comes from that. The last one that you said, just the gratitude piece. You know, I I think a lot of the other joyful people that I know are, are those who can see the silver linings in life. And so that sort of rings a bell for me. I'm like, okay, sometimes I have a little bit of that. Sometimes I have a little bit of that. But for me personally, and just uh, my recovery and, and just the barriers that get in my way, it's hard for me to have all of those lining up to experience that joy. That's definitely been a struggle, I think, most of my life. So it's good to hear it kind of mapped out like that to see, okay, what do I need in sync to finally feel that peace and that joy that you're talking about? Yeah. Of course, as survivors, you know, at different points in our lives, we struggle with any one or all four of these. It's yeah. not like a, a nice, you know, mapped out road. And as I was talking to Nicole earlier, at, at different points in your life, you need to ask for help. We all mm. need help getting through this life. And especially with survivors, there are points in our lives where we're not doing very well. And, you know, whether we're depressed or anxious or whatever we are, we need the help of another person. It may be a trusted friend. It may be a therapist. It may be a pastor or someone else that we know. But we all need to have help. But when I when I read these four things, it did make sense to me. Mm-hmm. Um, and as Nicole, you were talking about the sense of forgiveness and fo- being f- follower of Christ, sometimes I, I wonder how people do it that don't have that mm-hmm. that don't have that relationship with God mm-hmm. and and that would be something to explore in mm-hmm. their lives mm-hmm. you know what maybe possibly what keeps them from having that sense of forgiveness or and, and I do believe that upward journey that we kind of have to make an inward journey to know ourselves and to love ourselves and to be able to forgive ourselves for anything we might have done because sometimes we as survivors perpetrate uh, in ways, maybe not sexually, maybe sexually too, but maybe other ways, you know, we're prickly or we're hard Mm. to get along with. 
we just we take everything so personally. Mm-hmm. We're unable to let things go. Mm. So we come become very self focused, and that that's one of the ways. At least I know in my own life that was hard for me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. And then just being able to offer the forgiveness, you know, in my book, Hush, that comes down the road, you know, after you've dealt with a lot of the lies you believe as a result of your abuse, the shame, the guilt. But later, you know, I think a lot of us get to a point where, why don't I have joy? And for me, that's when I realized that my unforgiveness was what was holding me back. And when I was able to truly, honestly, first of all, understand what forgiveness meant, Um, but then actually offer it and kind of bury that with my stepfather on the other side of that wall was my joy. I'm so glad you said that, Nicole, because it takes a long time to get to that place. And I think maybe especially for Christians, they forgive too quickly before Mm -hmm. they've grieved through the losses Mm -hmm. of what happened to them before they've completely done that. And forgiveness is a grace, I think, that we're given by God. I mean, I've said this before. A friend of mine said, you know, why did Peter ask Christ, should I forgive my brother seven times? And he said, no, 70 times seven. And the the reason it was so inflated there was because we can't do it in and of ourselves. It's Mm -hmm. it's an act of grace just Mm -hmm. to be able to forgive our perpetrators Mm -hmm. or maybe parent who was not really the offender but participated in the secrets or whatever it is or people of any you know our friends who didn't support us Mm -hmm. all kinds of didn't believe us absolutely Mm -hmm. it's it's so hard to do that but i want to caution people you can't do that too quickly you have to go through that grieving process Mm -hmm. and then it's just something that comes fairly i don't want to say naturally but it comes when god tells us it's we're ready to forgive i think and i always talk to my clients about forgiveness being something that's more of a vertical thing reconciliation is the horizontal thing between ourselves and the other person sometimes we're not supposed to reconcile with Mm -hmm. someone especially if they're not safe yeah yeah but vertically we're not willing to admit absolutely Mm -hmm. but forgiveness for us is kind of a vertical act between us and God saying, God, I'm not going to hold that person responsible anymore. That's your job. And then it just kind of is a big relief for Mm. us. I'm so glad to hear you say that. I feel like a lot of times survivors get the wrong message. You know, a a pastor who doesn't understand these issues um, would immediately say you, you jump to forgiveness first. And I think that's absolutely inappropriate and harmful. So I think it's really good to remind those listening um, of this truth that it, it's a journey, it's a process and, and it's not a one-time act. Like you yeah. said, you know, it's 70 times seven, it's many, many times. It's something that you're going to come back to over and over in your life. But I do believe on the other side of that is where you do find true joy. And then I think you've talked before about how to access that joy, you know, in your life at different, at different seasons. Yes, I think, of course, you need the supportive people around you. You need to have fun. You need to have people around you who are able to have fun. Sometimes, especially as we get into recovery and we're doing this intense work, you know, on ourselves, we get so bogged down with serious things that we need people around us to be lighthearted, you know, to the people who do have joy to kind of see what that looks like. Mm -hmm. It can be very 
very hard at first to just be around people. It may seem like they're shallow because we're dealing with all these intense, (laughs) real issues. Right. I'm like, that's your problem. Get over it. Can we trade, please? Yeah. I'll take your problems any day over mine. I've had that thought one too many times. Exactly. Yeah. We need those people around us who are able to have fun to see, to, to just let us be kids again. We mm-hmm. have to take care of that little person inside of us who was so devastated by our abuse and just help us to to have that fun again. We have to relive really our childhood or that period of life where we were stunted when we were abused and be able to have that fun. So being around other people who, number one, will be able to show us what childlike fun it is but be able to have those people who we're able to go really deep with and talk with. I can't tell you how many times just being around someone who's able to really hear me and empathize with me. And I come out of that talk feeling like 20 pounds lighter. Mm. And that's when the joy comes too. One other thing I wanted to say was that sense of purpose. You, Nicole, have made your whole life's purpose, not just being a wife and a mother, of course, but having this unbelievable ministry and vocation to help other people who have been abused. And that sense of purpose has driven you and gives you this higher calling that you have turned something tragic into something unbelievable, Mm -hmm. just educating people about abuse. If someone doesn't have a sense of purpose in their life, they're not going to have joy. They're Mm -hmm. just not. And that can be something very small. It doesn't have to be something, of course, as huge as your ministry. Right. But but some sense beyond themselves that they Mm -hmm. can take this tragedy that happened to them and make it into something positive. Mm -hmm. And it's hard to start that journey of finding purpose if you're kind of just feeling lost in the world. I know that I've been there and actually a counselor of mine told me to go volunteer and serve. And she said, just go do something, go feed the homeless or uh, go help with the local community garden or something like that. Because when you're giving to others, God is truly transforming your heart Mm -hmm. and something amazing and special happens there that you can't do on your own. So even though you're going to bless someone else, God is working things out in you and it just kind of happens. And then it slowly snowballs and you see, oh, I enjoy doing this or I enjoy doing that. And it's amazing to see how God can help you slowly, piece by piece, find that purpose in life. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think it's a lot about just being willing to step out and, and try. Yeah. You know, just get your feet wet somewhere, get your hands dirty somewhere. And it can be uncomfortable. Yeah, yeah. It can be scary. Yeah, and, and if you don't like that, then try something else. Like just try to give, volunteer, and figure out what your passions are. A lot of times our passions do come out of our pain. So it most likely will be giving back in some way to the marginalized, to children, to abused women, you know, something like that. But it doesn't, like you said, have to be this huge ministry or where it's your full-time job. I mean, you may be behind a desk all day, but at night, find a way to pour back into your community or into other people's lives. And there you will find purpose. And that's being kind to yourself. And I think as we as survivors have such a hard time being gentle with ourselves, Mm -hmm. we are so hard on ourselves. And as much as we may be prickly, as I use that term to others (laughs) around us, we're the worst to ourselves. We blame ourselves for everything. There's perfectionism is a big problem. Oh, yeah. (laughs) 
with people who have been abused. And I, I think getting to know ourselves really well, and that's where, you know, we as therapists come in to, to be able to explore with you what your true self really is, mm-hmm. because we have hidden behind these masks that we've had our entire lives. And so exploring who God really called us to be and who we really are, apart from all that abuse, we learn who we are apart from that mm-hmm. and what we were created to be. And that is a key. That inward journey is such a key to joy to really discover who God created us to be apart from all this other stuff. Mm-hmm. And we start to like who we really are. And that's such an amazing journey. Mm-hmm. I think that's one of the many things that you helped me with over the past few years is, you know, I, I knew I had a lot of these quirks about me, <laughs> but kind of figuring out, well, what comes from what happened to me? You know, why do I do these certain things? Is this who I am? Or is this a result of the abuse that I went through? And then if it is or if it isn't, do I like it or do I not? If it's, Is it healthy? Is it unhealthy? Does it bring me joy or does it bring me pain? Is it something that I'm just a martyr in my life? Or, you know, is it something that I'm truly being unselfish about? So there's all these things I was wrestling with. And I think having you, you know, sitting in a counselor's office and having this confidential, safe environment to talk through that, to sift through that and figure out who am I really apart from what happened to me? Mm-hmm. And do I like her? And if I don't, then then how can I fix that? How can I be better? How can I be a better communicator, stronger in my relationships, more loving? And so I think it's that's all super good to think about and just realizing that, yes, we are a product of our experiences, but it doesn't have to stay that way if it's not bringing you joy. One of my favorite authors said, be who you is, because if you is who you ain't, you ain't who you is. <laughs> and I love okay. that because that just brings back to me, you know, how we live our lives with this mask, with this front, that we feel like we have to be someone that we're not. And when you get comfortable in your own skin, mm-hmm. and that is hard work, mm-hmm. and you have to be willing to do the hard work, but the result is just the most freeing thing Mm -hmm. that you can ever imagine. And the joy just comes naturally after that. Mm -hmm. I was just telling Nicole the other day, we were talking about getting older and we're in our mid thirties now. And obviously there's a lot we can complain about. My gray hair that I get dyed every six weeks and these crow's feet we have around our eyes now. But (laughs) it is amazing once you hit a certain point where you get comfortable in your skin, there is so much freedom. Mm -hmm. You don't care about what people think Mm -hmm. because you don't have to answer to anybody. Mm -hmm. It's between you and God and that's it. And it is like the biggest breath of fresh air. A lot mm-hmm. of it comes back to finding your voice. I really feel like that. You oh, know, yeah. a lot of my joy has come from finding my voice, whether it was from my abuse or finally speaking up for myself and not being the people pleaser that I was for years and years, which went along with what you said, the perfectionism. I mean, those two went hand in hand for me. And once I was able to sort of find my voice and say, I'm not going to do that for you. You know, you can do that for yourself. Or this doesn't have to be perfect today and I'm going to be okay with that. A lot of it came back to that, the finding my voice. And that way I was finding my joy and finding who I am at my core. Right. And not all these masks that I was wearing and hats that I was wearing and comparisons we were making. You know, we've always have an idol out there that we want to be like, but God has created us to be so unique. There is not another person on this earth that is like 
you. And if you find out that and you get comfortable with that, that that is the beginning of just a joyful experience. Mm-hmm. I remember a pastor I heard once said that our lives should be so exciting. It's like being on a wave runner with our feet flapping behind us all the time. <laughs> wow, that's an image. Yeah, exactly. And I was just like, oh my gosh, I want to be like that. Yeah. Wow. That's such an image there. And, um, you know, it is crazy, this whole journey of life and so many ups and downs, but I am thankful for the joy that we're talking about because it's something you can cling to when there's so much stuff in life kind of shifting around and relationships and unhealthy people in your life that you're trying to get away from or, you know, trying to help them get better. You've got to have that joy to cling to or I think this life will just kind of eat you alive Mm -hmm. because there's so much coming at you every single day. And that's, Mary, why it's important, I think, to take time to be by yourself. Mm. And that, I think, as wives and mothers, we and people who have jobs and everything, we have a hard time finding, carving out that time just to be by ourselves and say, okay, what is going on in my life? And we have to stop the madness long enough to just say, where am I at in my journey? And what do I like about my journey? And what do I not like about my journey and need to change? But we we just get on this, you know, wheel and just like a rat on a wheel. We just don't stop long enough to say, where am I at? And what what is God calling me to? And what do I want to do? Because God never asks us to do something that doesn't give us joy. Mm-hmm. I mean, he does maybe in our relationship short term, but the end product we always know will bring us fulfillment and joy. And that's why it's important to spend time by ourselves, even if it's just five minutes, just closing our eyes and taking some deep breaths and finding out where we're at and what God wants for us. I know the quiet time has been so hard for me because if I slow down, it makes me look at my life Mm -hmm. and I don't want to think about my emotions or feelings because those are things I can't control. And that's scary to me because I love to have control. So sometimes I'm running around with my hair on fire thinking as long as I stay busy, all will be okay. But then like you said, I run myself ragged. I'm drained. I have nothing left to give. I'm bitter. I'm angry. I'm mad at God. Why are you having me do all this? When, oh, wait, I need to look in the mirror. I'm the one choosing to do all this because I think it's what God wants. But at the end of the day, I'm nothing to the people in my life if I'm not pouring into myself. So that was a hard lesson that I had to learn with the self-care. And I'm still working on that. Yeah, yeah, we all are. (laughs) Sharon, thank you so much for being with us. It's truly, uh, it's been the best experience for me to just have a relationship with you, to know you, and just to gain your wisdom. So it's fun to share you with all of my people and for them to meet you. So thanks for being with us. Oh, it's an honor to be here with both you and Mary. And I've listened to your podcast, and I'm so excited for you and for this ministry. And thank you for letting me be a part of it. Next time, we'll continue the conversation on protecting children, not just from adults, but also from their peers. You'll be educated and inspired as we hear a survivor of sibling sexual abuse share her story. We're so glad you're here. Feel free to subscribe. If something stuck out to you, write a review. Even invite friends and family to listen so more people can hear about healing. Check us out on Facebook or go to IamOneVoice.org.